Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 9th of March. Major evacuation orders are still in place for hundreds of thousands of residents across Greater Sydney this morning after yesterday's flood emergency. One month's rain fell in a matter of hours across a number of suburbs, turning roads into rivers, flooding homes, trapping drivers and cutting off major roads. These local residents shocked by what they saw unfolding. just hasn't stopped. It's unbelievable. It's all happened within the space of a couple of hours. Just a tragedy. I think this has affected us worse than the pandemic itself. The major areas of concern now with the flooding are the communities along the Hawkesbury and Nepean rivers, with many residents fleeing and thousands more on standby. Here is the New South Wales Premier, Dominic Perrottet. If there is an evacuation warning in place, uh, please get ready to leave. If there is an evacuation order in place, uh, please evacuate. The flooding disaster has also turned deadly after the bodies of two people were discovered in a flooded canal in Sydney's west. Here's Detective Superintendent Paul Devaney. It's a tragedy and it's a tragedy for everyone involved. Uh, My heart goes out to the family and to the community. We suspect it is a mother and a son. The mother was devoted to her 34-year-old son. Meantime, Prime Minister Scott Morrison will today tour flood-devastated northern New South Wales. The PM has just finished his isolation after testing positive to COVID. Many local residents say they've been forgotten and have lashed out at the government over a lack of support, with many still unable to get basic supplies or accommodation. In breaking news overnight, the US has announced a ban on all Russian oil and gas imports. It follows a similar move by the UK. US President Joe Biden addressed his nation overnight, saying the US has introduced the most significant sanctions in history. I'm announcing the United States is targeting the main artery of Russia's economy. We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. Meantime, the Ukrainian president made an historic address to British MPs from his war bunker in Ukraine overnight as Russia intensifies its attack on several Ukrainian towns. Vladimir Zelensky claims NATO is not working properly, again pleading for the military alliance to implement a no-fly zone over Ukraine. We will fight till the end at sea, in the air. We will continue fighting for our land, whatever the cost. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to Victoria and a man in his 60s has died from the rare mosquito-borne virus Japanese encephalitis. Health experts are trying to determine exactly how he caught the disease. James Lake in Melbourne says authorities have detected several cases in just the past few months. Tash, the virus is very uncommon in humans, usually spread by mosquitoes and only infecting pigs, birds and horses. Authorities have confirmed they've now found outbreaks of the virus in pig farms around the Murray River. As for the real risk to humans, Dr Brad Mackay says only 1% of people bitten by an infected mozzie will develop symptoms and some of those are severe. This is where your brain swells up. This is why people are in hospital and uh, about sort of a, a third of the people who end up with this brain swelling die from it. Um, a lot of the other ones end up with permanent injury ongoing. So it, it's pretty pretty horrendous when it does happen. 
And to Queensland, and the state government has appointed a flood disaster recovery coordinator as the massive clean-up continues. Our reporter Mel Blomley has the latest from Brisbane. Good morning. Yes, that's right. So far, more than 15,000 damage assessments have already been done since the floods ripped through the southeast. Almost 1,800 properties had severe damage and another 2,400 were moderately impacted. Major General Jake Elwood has been appointed the state's flood disaster recovery coordinator. He admits it's a daunting task but is confident of success. There are going to be hurdles, there will be obstacles... Uh, but together we will overcome it. Queensland hotels that were used for COVID quarantine will now be used for people who've lost homes in recent floods. ADF personnel are also joining in the massive clean-up. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. As we mentioned earlier, the US has overnight announced a ban on all the import of Russian oil into the US. How is that set to affect global supplies and prices and, of course, the cost of petrol here in Australia? Yeah, Tash, good morning. The US and the UK also talking about phasing out Russian imports by the end of 2022, which, first thing, I guess that's a long time away. Secondly, the oil price, the oil market is very, very global. So if they're going to buy their oil from somewhere else, Russian oil will find a home if others continue to buy oil from Russia. And that's the big question to, to answer yours is we don't know yet how widespread this ban will be. We've seen companies already, including our own Viva Energy and Ampol, our big two refiners, already choose not to take any more Russian oil once the current stocks on the way have been used. And so this is the real question. Look, it's supposed to put pressure on Russia. It puts a lot of political pressure, a lot of uh, optical pressure, I suppose, and some decent economic pressure on the Russians to hopefully finally pull back out of Ukraine and basically do the right thing. Whether that's successful, bigger question. The impact on the oil price can only, unfortunately, be further up. Hopefully not massively when it comes to prices at the pump. Again, as I said, because of that global market. But is anyone's guess how far this ban spreads, how long it goes on for on the impact? The reality, though, unfortunately, the average price of unleaded probably going to go above $2, maybe as high as $2.10, and that might be in the next couple of weeks. And Scott, talking about anyone's guess, we've had the COVID crisis, then we've had the situation with the war in Ukraine, and now these devastating floods across many parts of southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales and also Sydney. What's next with uh, some type of economic certainty? There's been some interesting predictions from the bosses of BHP and CBA. Yeah, and that's great context too because uh, there's really different views or different expectations of how 2022 plays out economically. As you say, look, honestly, at a personal level, the individual issues are far more important than national aggregates. We talk about averages and aggregates and totals, uh, and that is the that is the sum total of when you add it all up. But it is made up of all those individual stories. And, of course, uh, it has continued to go out to those people being so impacted by these things. In the short to medium term, the CBA boss, Matt Common, actually saying he thinks the economy is in super, super strong shape. GDP growth is high. Unemployment is falling. Consumer spending is rising again. He's seeing a very, very strong next couple of years, which is hopefully music to the ears of most Australians. The BHP boss having a slightly different view. Mike Henry just saying, look, yep, that's all good. But the global inflation story, which frankly, Matt Common did also talk about, the global inflation story is a real risk. He thinks it could take up to half a percentage point off global growth. Now, half a percent doesn't sound like much, and it's not in the overall scheme of things. But if you think about an economy that might have grown at three, three and a half percent, losing 0.5% of that is, is actually a pretty big chunk. So that's the outlook. That's the uncertainty. Uh, the basics look pretty good. The big, big question mark is inflation, obviously the household level, filling the tank. 
but also at an economic level, at both a national and a global perspective. Yeah, the cost of living just keeps on increasing. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks, Tash. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, the Aussie bowling attack will be thankful the first test against Pakistan is over after a battle to take wickets on a tame pitch. Yeah, it was lifeless. Good morning, Tasha. Ended in a dour draw. Uh, thankfully for the Aussie Quicks, uh, that pain is over. They took four wickets for the entire match. Bat absolutely dominated the ball. And uh, Now, selection, of course, will be questioned because they opted to go um, with their three Quicks and Cameron Green is the pace bowling all-rounder and just the one specialist spinner. So will they change that up for the next test? Here is the skipper, Pat Cummins. You're probably expecting more up and down bounce and reverse swing, which is, you know, lens ball support to the fast bowlers rather than spinners. Yeah, our intel for Karachi's Lahore's probably, you know, second spinners. Probably the way to go, but we'll, we'll have a look. So it looks like either Mitch Swepson or Ashton Agar will be brought in for that second test. That starts this weekend. Now, the Aussie women's side fared better against Pakistan at the one-day World Cup, cruising to a seven-wicket win. Alyssa Healy, the star of the show, top scoring with 79, Tash. And in the NRL now, Brett, team sheets are out with the new season just one sleep away. Who doesn't love team sheets? We love uh, clean team sheets, don't we? Uh, Let's talk about the opening game. Uh, You mentioned the Panthers and Manly kick things off tomorrow night and big change in the halves for uh, Penrith. Nathan Cleary is out for at least three weeks due to shoulder surgery. So Sean O'Sullivan, the journeyman recruit, um, takes over in the number seven. He will partner Jerome Luai in the halves at the Broncos. They've been talking about that all summer. Uh, Kevin Walters has turned to his son Billy and Albert Kelly. Adam Reynolds ruled out due to COVID and Kevy says that uh, his son deserves the chance. Yeah, I certainly am, Dobbo. I mean, he's worked really hard, Billy, you know, in his time in the NRL, both then at the Melbourne Storm and then at the Tigers. He got injured at the Tigers, so he's come back from major knee surgery, you know, last year, and look, he's had a great pre-season with us. It starts Friday night for the Broncos and tomorrow night for the Panthers and the Seagulls. And North Melbourne skipper Jack Seabell, Brett, has given an update on his teammate who's recovering from cancer treatment. Yes, Ben Cunnington underwent nine weeks of chemotherapy for a second bout of cancer last year. He has been seen at the club and Zebel told a Triple M's rush hour that Cunnington hasn't been ruled out for the season just yet. No doubt. Hopefully we can um, see him back towards the back end of the year, but there is absolutely no pressure from the club's point of view or, or myself as a friend or a teammate. We just want to make sure he's healthy and happy. And Magpie star Braden Maynard unsuccessful at the tribunal for, uh, on a striking charge, so his two-match ban will stand. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. Spare a thought for those trying to get a sleep in in Tasmania this morning. The state has been found to have the worst snorers in the country. The study of 2,000 Australians found 63% of people from Tassie keep their partners and housemates awake with their snoring. WA had the second largest amount of snorers in the country, followed by the ACT. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.